In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was December 1st, 1955, Montgomery, Alabama. An African-American seamstress was done with a long day of raising and lowering the hems of rich white women and slumped in the bus to go home in the fifth row. But at that time, in Montgomery, Alabama, the first four rows were reserved for white people. The fifth row could be an optional row for black people to sit in if there were no white people that came in. She sat in the fifth row, a white man came on the bus, the other three persons in her fifth row, black people got up and went to the back of the bus, she stayed sitting. The guy raised his stink and said, you need to go to the back of the bus. And she said, no. And the bus driver said, I'll call the police. She said, go ahead. So the police came, made her get in the back. They said, why didn't you just go to the back of the bus? And Rosa Parks said, because I didn't think I should have to. Thus began the civil rights movement in America. She felt that there were some rules that were so prejudicial, so demeaning, so judgmental, that they needed to be challenged. That's what Jesus does in today's gospel lesson. We've seen earlier in this gospel of Luke that he has, it seems, purposefully flaunted some of the rules of Judaism, uh, the, the um, kind of bylaws, as it were. And uh, at that time, there was, there was a lot of bylaws. There was Ten Commandments, but you had 913 bylaws to explain, delineate, and re-explain Ten Commandments. That, that's a little nitpicky. So Jesus seems to be purposefully flaunting some of these things for a reason. He had, uh, he had you know, uh, challenged the religious leaders when they confronted him about his disciples plucking grain on the Sabbath. And, you know, when I saw that, I thought, well, the issue should be that they were plucking somebody else's grain and they were just munching on it a little bit as they walked. No, no, that wasn't the issue at all. The issue was they were plucking. Ooh, plucking is considered harvesting and harvesting is considered work and you cannot work on the Sabbath that third commandment that ooh that's out big stink over that later on gospel of Luke he heals the man with the withered hand and he does it on the Sabbath and gets in trouble for that now in today's gospel lesson he heals the kyphotic woman that's a Greek word that means bent over this is a woman who's been walking like this for 18 years and if any of you have ever had back trouble, which I have, that can't be good. She's been walking around like this, tied in knots, bent over, burdened for 18 years. And so Jesus, I don't know what she had, it was scoliosis or bad osteoporosis or a spinal injury, I don't know. Doc, you can probably tell us what it was. But anyway, she's, she's, she's bent over. And Jesus looks at her. And he looks at her in the eye and he says, Woman, you are relieved of your ailment. Another translation, Woman, you are untied from your ailment. The tied in knots woman. You are untied. And she stood up straight and all the crowd rejoiced and they thought it was terrific the things he was doing. But of course, he was in trouble with the religious leaders. Because they, they told the people, they said, hey, hey, don't be coming in here. You've got six days of the week you can come and get, get your healing if you need that. You know, don't be coming and doing it on the Sabbath. That's, that's work. 
Oh, for heaven's sakes. So they chewed up Jesus for that. And Jesus says to them, You hypocrites, if you have an ox or a donkey, don't you untie them and go get them a drink of water on the Sabbath? Well, why shouldn't I untie this daughter of Abraham who has been tied up for 18 years? Look how Jesus elevates her status from a crippled old woman to a daughter of Abraham, straightened up, walking, looking people in the eye. The religious leaders were very upset because Jesus was flaunting their traditions, their bylaws, their sacred traditions. But the real question here is, were these traditions really all that sacred? Or was this just other stuff they were laying on people? The people were burdened down with this stuff. And whenever rules oppress people and burden them and tie them in knots, they should be challenged. When people in power are only, considered, are only concerned about staying in power instead of using their power for the common good, they should be challenged. Remember who we are. We are people in this country who in 1776 said, you know what, there's some rules here that don't make sense. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary to separate Declaration of Independence. There were things they listed. This is not right. Taxation without representation. Unfair courts. Soldiers billeted without any regard for citizens. On and on and on. They were challenged. About every 90 years we have one of these challenges in America. Then Civil War. I think slavery itself is not a good idea. And then you know, about another 90 years, civil rights movement, 55 and following. So it seems like about every 90 years we have <laughs> kind of a challenging uh, of, the, of the, the, the status quo rules. And the other thing is, remember who we also are. Not only are we Americans, we are Protestants. Protestant is how we pronounce it, but it really comes from Protestants. We're Martin Luther, the people who protested some of the little nitpicky things that were going on in the medieval church. The church had devolved by that time. People were so ignorant they couldn't read the scriptures and they were encouraged not to. And so the priest, the Pope told the priest what to do, the priest told the people, and then they did it and that was the end of that. Martin Luther and the other reformers protested. They said, what about scripture? Shouldn't we kind of be going by that? instead of our traditions or our rules that are set down? Wouldn't that make more sense? Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone, Christ alone, faith alone, grace alone, wouldn't that be better? And thus began the Protestant Reformation. Whenever, whenever rules weigh people down and tie them up and burden them, they should be challenged because stuff can go that way pretty easily. Now, we can shake our heads a lot at the religious leaders of Judaism at the time of Jesus, and we should. And we can cluck our tongues at that and go, how petty can you get? Okay, but before we do that, I want to remind you of some of our own traditions and our own little unwritten and written bylaws that we have. Some of you can remember some of these. You must wear a black suit, white shirt, and white tie to church if you're a male. Women must wear dresses. Only men can be pastors. Women cannot even be ushers. And lay people cannot read the lessons. 
Any of you remember these? A, a Lutheran cannot marry a Catholic or they might be excommunicated. That happened here, by the way. Men cannot have long hair. Um, you know, uh, German Lutherans can drink beer, play cards, and dance, but Norwegian Lutherans cannot. You know, <laughs> kind of different rules depending on what ethnic group you were a part of. Uh, you know, th there, there's so many things that we have done over the years that when we look at it now, we go, wow, that was pretty petty stuff. And it was. But I, I, I don't want to live this long, but I would be curious to know in 20 years what we're going to look back on now and, and say, back on then and say, what were we doing now that burdened people and tied them in knots and, and brought them down? You got any suggestions, Mike? Oh, okay. Oh, Jared. Well, maybe, it, maybe it's, we'll look back and say, what was all our fuss about people with different uh, sexual orientation? What was all our fuss about, uh, you know, that they're just people, you know, who, what would Jesus do? The Bible says a lot of things about a lot of things. And you can make the Bible say anything you want to, as long as you leave Jesus out. But when you put Jesus in, then you know what your hermeneutical principle is. That is to say, how do we interpret Scripture? It is by watching what Jesus did. Because you can read a lot of things about a lot of things in Scripture. But watch what Jesus did. How did he handle people of a, who had sexual issues? How did he handle people who were sick, who were imprisoned, who were down and out, who were poor, who were uh, great public sinners? How did Jesus handle them? That's what you look at. So I'm curious as 20, 25 years from now what we're going to look back at this time and say, wow, we were all wound up about that? Come on. Jesus was never about bondage. He was only about freedom. Now, freedom implies responsibility. It doesn't mean you can just run wild and do any darn thing you want because when you are free, you are free to respond back to the Lord God in gratitude. That's why we have speed limits on the highways because people have, who have freedom don't seem to know what to do with that. And I'm one of them. Uh, uh, so f Jesus is always about freedom. He, wants, he doesn't want us to be weighed down by our guilt and by our shame and by our background and our history and what we've done and what we didn't do. Did you hear our confession this morning? We are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. Well, that's what Jesus came to do, to free us what we could not do for ourselves. He's always about that. So when I think about the kaiphatic bent-over woman, I have, a, I have a visual in mind that Jesus looked at her. In order for him to do that, I think he would have had to have done this. I think he would have had to have got down on one knee to even look at her because she's you know, facing like this. And Jesus looks her in the face and says, you are untied from your bondage. That's my picture of God that God is the one who kneels down to us. He comes down to our earth. He comes to our level. He looks us in the eye and said, I can't get enough of you. I want you to be close to me. I'm going to do it for you. You are untied. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.